Welcome to the Two Tones Go to the Movies, presented by StarvingTalent.com. If you're a creative professional in need of a website or promotional services, contact Starving Talent today at www.StarvingTalent.com. You should know that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will try our hardest not to divulge spoilers during the first segment of the show. However, after the first break, anything goes. We also make no attempt at keeping our language clean. This show is intended to be a raw, emotional, and unedited response to the state of the entertainment industry. Don't like it? Go fuck yourself. Have a question, comment, or would like to send us a mini-review for a movie we haven't mentioned? Send your messages to twotones at starvingtalent.com. We will try to answer your questions or read your reviews on the next podcast. My name is Tony Pizzuto. Mm. And I'm just finishing a Coke. <laughs> yeah, can you focus for you just always, one podcast? You always <laughs> catch me at the wrong time. Last time you were wandering around like a I had to, sheep in the night. I had to do it again. <laughs> I keep forgetting to turn off to turn off my equipment before we start. That's um, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Tony Cox, and today, oh, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, we're talking Ronald. about Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giddy, I'm as giddy as a schoolboy because I'm the biggest, well, I'm certainly, well, I may be biggest weight-wise, but, um, I don't know, I'm sure there are, oh no, yeah, you're right, no, you're right, I'm sure there are bigger Transformer fans than me. Um... <laughs> I have been a Transformers fan literally since I was four years old. And um, and he never left that state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I have the toys. I have a bunch of toys. Um, I, you have uh, a museum I of do. toys. You don't have a bunch of toys. You have, like, <laughs> all the toys. <laughs> well, in a museum, you can't play with stuff. That, well, depends on what I play with my at. toys. <laughs> Go ahead, say it, say it. <laughs> That's what she said. So right, I, I, so I, I have to, so I have to, I have to. Uh, just a little uh, programming note is that I, I am biased on this movie. Um, so, so as we talk about it, I will be approaching it from two very different um, points of view. One uh, as a filmmaker. Um, I'll be approaching it as a filmmaker, uh, but I will also be approaching it as a fan, and um, and I'm pretty I'm pretty good at separating the two. So, um, you know, I'll tell you I'll tell you the truth either way. Um, and uh, I, I have to confess though, I've only seen it once. Wow! And uh, well, I saw I saw the first one six times in the theaters, in the movie theater in yeah. the movie theaters, and then I've seen it. At least four times, not in the movie theaters. Um, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. So, so can I can I continue now? We can we we can proceed. Okay, thank you. Transform and roll out. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is going to be shit. worse than the Star Trek podcast. This is going to be this is going to be a long one. Unlikely hero Sam Witwicky, played by Shia LaBeouf. His foxy girlfriend, Michaela Baines, played by Megan Fox, and the tough Captain Lennox, played by Josh Damal. Doamel? Damel? Damal. Damal. Damal? All right, all right. Return to assist the Autobots in another epic battle against the evil Decepticons in the supercharged sequel to the 2007 mega hit. Blockbuster impresario Michael Bay brings his trademark. Trademark. 
Fuck. <laughs> Blockbuster impresario Michael Bay brings his trademark pyrotechnics to the proceedings while comic whiz Rain Wilson joins the cast as a college professor. Yeah, for like four minutes. <laughs> and they actually put that in the description. I, that's that's not a very good description. That that again is no, from it's Netflix. Really not. Netflix. Uh, but be, but we love Netflix. We do. It's the best. Uh, you're right. It's I'm sorry. Best. Yeah, we we love Netflix. They could not do wrong. <laughs> so, uh, return my emails. Netflix is awesome. <laughs> I'm excited because I started because um, now that I have a Blu-ray player, um, we signed up for the Blu-ray Netflix also. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like an extra three or four dollars. Um, a month, and uh, so I'm excited to get my first Blu-ray disc to watch it. What's your first Blu-ray disc? Um, I think it's it's either Casino Royale or Quantum of Solace. I forget which one. Nice. I nice. thought that would be a good choice to to test out the. I should have got Transformers. I don't know why I didn't get Transformers. Yeah. It's like I mean, hello, let's duh. watch uh, giant robots <laughs> in uh, high definition. <laughs> anyway, um. So some trivia about this movie because and I and I I went a little overboard with the trivia, um, and this was there was so much trivia on this movie, but these these were the more interesting things that I <clears throat> that I discovered. Um, one thing is that this year is the um, is the 25th anniversary of Transformers. Really? Yep. Uh, 25 years ago um, this year, the TV show started. Um, so, so you really were four years old when you became a fan. I yeah, I was. Wow, I re- I was. I was. I used to watch this show. In fact, this is the very first TV show I can remember watching. Is Transformers? Wow. Um, I was so young, and I remember when the first when the cartoon movie came out, and in the first twenty minutes they kill Optimus Prime, and I didn't want to watch the movie after that. I stopped watching it. I was like, I can't handle this movie. I was so upset. Great. Now you've spoiled the Transformers cartoon movie for everyone who hasn't seen the Transformers Yeah, cartoon. it's only 20 years old. <laughs> anyway. Um, so oh, yeah, and so Darth Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> and Emperor Palpatine is his creepy uncle that drinks a lot. Um, uh, a little, uh, A little poignant trivia, and I thought this was really cool. And to put it in perspective, I mean... I, you know, this was amazing to me when I learned this, but John Turturro, um, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the movie or if you've, or if you've seen, um, um, trailers of it, you'll, you'll notice that there's some scenes shot, uh, in, in front of pyramids and those are actually the pyramids at Gaza. Like those are the pyramids and John Turturro in one scene, John Turturro has to climb up one of the pyramids and they allowed him to actually climb up the actual pyramid during filming when they were in Egypt. And at one point, John Turturro actually stopped in the middle of a take, I guess, and started crying while he was sitting on this pyramid. And Michael Bay asked him and said, he said, uh, he said, you know, he's like, what's wrong? And John Turturro simply said, um, you don't just get to do this in movies. You don't get to shoot in a place that's four thousand years old. That that's pretty. That's pretty and amazing. I was like, wow. I was like, that's true. I mean, in other movies, they would just build a set or build a section of it, and then they would superimpose it or whatever. Exactly. But to be there and to actually be climbing on, you know, those giant, you know, boulder bricks that are four thousand years old. Was That's just, amazing. I mean, I probably would have gotten a little teary-eyed myself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, many people know during. Uh, oh, actually, no, no. This is a different. This is a different one. But um, Shia LaBeouf went <laughs> through so much in this movie. I swear to God, the guy. I just. I. I. I, I chose this bit of trivia because. I want people to, to understand what actors sometimes have to go through and how dangerous, you know, making action movies like this really is and, mm-hmm. and you know, why actors get paid as much as they do. Because, I mean, they're – not only are they pretty much destroying their self-esteem every time they're in a film or in an emotional scene, you know, they have to tear themselves down emotionally and build themselves back up. But they, you know, physically they get they, – they, you know – it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, near the end of filming, Shia LaBeouf hit a prop, and it injured his eye. His injury required seven stitches, and the doctor said he'd come an inch from blindness. The doctor literally put up his 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 forefinger and thumb about an inch apart, and said, and simply just said, blindness. That close to blindness. Really. Um, and Shia LaBeouf said it was the most insane experience he'd ever been through. Um, and after calming down for two hours, he they went back to filming. But can you imagine doing doing a stunt, you know, having something hit your eye, being an inch away from blindness, and then two, you know, the same day you have to go back to work and do the same thing you just did. Right, like, right, right. Like that's crazy. That that well that that show business. <clears throat> it is like you said. It like is. Said. Um, and also, a lot of people know that Shia LaBeouf um, and Isabella Lucas. Uh, were involved in a car crash, and there was this whole thing about drunk driving or whatever, and he was, he, and he, it was the other guy's fault. Um, but um, they were involved in a car crash, and he injured his hand um, and needed surgery. This delayed production, they, they thought they were going to have to shut down production for months while his hand healed. Really? But yeah. it, they only delayed production by two days. <clears throat> and Michael Bay, actually, during those two days, he went off and shot second unit stuff. So that they just kept the production rolling. Then right, right. Um, he recovered a little earlier than expected. And what they actually did was um, <clears throat> they they wrote the hand injury into the script. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two things. Is the, the two big scenes that they had left to shoot were there's the action sequence in the library at his college. The one where oh, the, right, where right. Isabel Lucas is chasing him, mm-hmm. um, and then there's oh I just kind of gave that oh, was a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> Good job, Tom. Good job. Um, and then there's First the five minutes of the podcast. And then there's the scene. <laughs> yeah, really. At least it wasn't a racist remark like usual. Um, and then there's a scene at the end where so in that scene in that action scene he's actually wearing a Kevlar cast that is skin colored. Oh really? Yeah. And you can't tell. I couldn't tell at all. I knew it going in to watch it, and you can't tell at all that he's wearing a Kevlar skin-colored cast that wow. actually separates his fingers. Like his fingers are, like he can. He, I think he can actually move his fingers. But yeah. Um, then in this, in later on, he's there's a scene where they're teleported to Egypt, and uh, in that in that scene, he falls on his hand. And he injures it. And I'm sure you remember they wrapped it up and he had his little mm-hmm. bandage. That's his actual bandage from, oh, okay. from his injury from the car wreck. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was – that all that, so all that stuff he does when he has that cast on mm-hmm. is after the car accident and his hand is supposed to be healing or supposed to be 
you know, injured, and he's still right. doing these fucking stunts where he's dry, where he's you know jumping off buildings as they explode and right, right, and stuff. I mean, it was a crazy. It was a, that the last scene was pretty crazy. So, um, and also this is my favorite bit of trivia. I thought this was hysterical. Um, apparently Steven Spielberg attended a preview of the film with Michael Bay, like Michael Bay was showing him because Steven Spielberg is the executive producer. And upon seeing Devastator in, 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 um, in Giza, um, Steven Spielberg said, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> and Michael Bay was so proud of the fact that he could make the normally well-mannered Spielberg swear. That's pretty impressive. That I mean, that really that's, that's is. That's pretty impressive. I mean... Because Spielberg is very kind of like, you know, put together and, you know, and it, I don't think I've ever heard of Spielberg swearing. I think I've heard him say shit once, but, but like, you know, it was when we were having lunch. Ha 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 ha. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, it was when we were at his house in the Hamptons. <laughs> I wish, God, someday, someday, I would lick, I would lick Steven Spielberg's testicles just to be a PA in one of his movies. Oh my God! <laughs> All right, maybe not both. Maybe just the left one. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's horrible. Oh anyway. come on. Like, you wouldn't perform oral sex on somebody to get a star oh, in a blockbuster God. movie. This is a family podcast. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what did you think anyway, of the movie? Anyway. I'll let you go first. What did you think of the movie? <clears throat> and be honest. Don't don't patronize me. I'm not going to patronize you. I've actually been been trying to figure out how to specifically say what I thought of the movie without, <laughs> without completely just. Dis- destroying your spirit <laughs> oh no 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 please I, trust me I, 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 you know like i yeah. said i'm gonna approach it as you know from mm. two different perspectives to, um, to be honest with you i i the first hour of the movie i felt like i had been in the theater for nine hours <laughs> i i was so ready to be like is this over yet I, it was like watching titanic on a loop that's how long it felt um the I, I'm not a huge fan of the Transformers. I mean, when I was little, yeah, you know, I had the toys and stuff like that, and I watched the cartoon. Um, when the first movie came out, I didn't go see it in the theater. I waited till it came out on video, and I think I actually ended up watching it on HBO the first time. Oh, actually, maybe I watched it with you uh, when I was up in Maine on a visit. But um, the first one was all right. It was, it was cool. Um, I, I found it visually entertaining, but of course, you know, it's, it's, it's a... Uh, it's an action flick without much of a story, I guess. Um, I, the you know you it's, you go to see these movies. It's there. It's them. just buried. It's buried. It's buried <laughs> it is, under yeah. CGI. Um, oh you know, uh, you know, Optimus Prime and Starscream and all those guys. Um, the sequel. Um, I wasn't really excited about going to see. I would have rather seen something else, but you know. We, you know, to do the podcast, you know, I obviously have to go see it. Um, and so I went to go see it with Chris, and uh, who is a big, you know, fan of like the G.I. Joe and Transformers and stuff and those kinds of, yeah. you know, uh, franchises. Did he enjoy um, it? He did. Uh, he did. He did. He, he enjoyed it. I, I think he and I both enjoyed um, uh, Isabel Lucas and um, <laughs> Megan Fox more than anything. Um, 
to be honest with you, I wasn't crazy about it. It was it was too long. Um, the action scenes were fun, um, and you know it's it's always kind of cool to see gigantic robots, you know, blowing shit up. Um, but aside from that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I mean, I really can't say anything about it. There's 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 no words in the English in my in my vernacular that can describe this movie aside from it just being really long. Um, and there are just a few moments where where it it it's um, it's it's funny. You know, there are a few scenes with a couple of the robots. Um, they're like the twin robots. I forget yeah. their names, but those were you know uh, skid 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 and mudflaps. Mudflaps. Yeah, exactly. Skids and and you know, and they're they're playing on an urban stereotype, but in robotic form, and it's hysterical. Um, and uh, was Soundwave supposed to be in this movie? He was the satellite. That he attached, was he, that attached to the other satellite. Oh, and he okay. he says he says his name in the beginning of the movie. That's what I thought, but I was confused because I remember wasn't Soundwave the the cassette player back yeah, in the but, day? Yeah, but Tony, we we don't use cassette players anymore. Yeah, but so still, I mean, he they took his his character was a spy. His character was an information spy. And so they took that to the to the nth degree. And so if you were a spy in today's and you wanted to control information, what would you be? You would be a satellite that would, you know, that would suck be, onto another satellite. So I'd be AOL. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be AOL Time Warner. Well, l- let me see if I can let me see if I can help your words, because um, okay. let me let me. First, review it as a as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, um, as a um, as a non fan. Let me approach it from from that. Um, and that's a little tough because I've only seen it once, and I find the more I see it, the more critical I can be. Um, mm-hmm. I will say the first movie for me as a filmmaker was horrible (laughs) the first i mean not only was the dialogue just ridiculous um but the like the actual the actual like um scenery and lighting and stuff like there was Mm -hmm. a lighting issue in the first movie where days went so fast like one scene, it would be morning. Like, for instance, the car chase between Bumblebee and Barricade in the first movie, it starts off in the morning. Um, Shia LaBeouf wakes up. His car chases him. He chases him into a parking garage. Um, uh, Barricade catches him. Bumblebee rescues him. Then it, uh, the car chase ensues with the two of them. And then they end up at a, an oil refinery or something. And then all of a sudden, it's nighttime. I mean, yeah, there's right. no yeah, way. There's, yeah. yeah, there's no way that. I mean, there was a real lighting issue in this movie, and um, and I think, and I actually think Michael Bay said something about how he wanted to have the sense of the lighting keeps changing mm-hmm. for the first movie, and I was like, dude, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, I feel like there were some of those same instances of this movie too. I um, this movie though, here's the thing, the. I felt oh in the first movie I I thought the humor and Shia LaBeouf carried the first movie. I think without them without without the fact that it was so funny the first movie and that there was this very, you know, romantic humor type of element that the first movie would have been unbearable to watch. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. As a fan, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever fucking seen. But and I saw it six times in the theater, and I paid every single time. So, I mean, that's the kid, the fan in me. I mean, but I had, you know, personally, I had, you know, as a as a as somebody in the industry, I had I had issues with it. Um, this movie, though, it was interesting because um, I I thought the um, in the first movie, there wasn't any, there really wasn't any uh, robot characterization at all. Mm-hmm. They they had one or two lines. Optimus Prime had the coolest lines, but there was no emotion. There was no real character there, and which really bothered me because when you watch the cartoon, that's what the cartoon was. The cartoon was about the robots. It wasn't about the humans. Right. And the first movie was about the humans. I was like, ah, eh, whatever. In this movie, I actually found that the dialogue with the robots, for the most part. I mean, granted the um, the, and I was worried because um, I mean, you know, as a fan, I'm like, you know, sucked onto the internet, downloading every bit of information about the movie before it comes out, and I was worried a little bit about um, the the twin robots because they were, you know, they had such stupid one-liners and the the whole stereotyping thing, and mm-hmm. um, but I actually found I actually found them to be a little humorous. I thought some of their mm-hmm. one-liners were actually funny. Yeah. Um, but the in general, the movie for me, I thought was um, I. You know what's interesting is I didn't think it was too long, which was weird because I thought I was I thought I was gonna think it was too long. Oh really? Yeah, and I really I'm actually surprised that I didn't think it was too long. And I and and don't get me wrong, I mean you know I, I you know I, I'm not saying that you're I'm not saying that you know you're that you thinking it's too long is, is wrong mm-hmm. because I mean, it's a long movie. It's a two and a half hour movie. Oh yeah. And by, by um, the end of it, I, I was ready to send in my subscription for the AARP. <laughs> I mean, it, um, it felt like it took forever. And I was surprised that I didn't think it was too long. Um, and I think, I think what carried the movie for me this time, which was different from the first movie was that I felt like the robots in the movie were the better actors and like the scenes with them were so much better mm-hmm. um especially my favorite my favorite thing about the movie was the relationship between Megatron and Starscream yeah yeah because that it was, was brief, so though. it was very brief but it was way longer than the first movie but it was it was almost because it's it carries over from the original show because that's exactly right. what they would say and exactly how they would treat each other and I was so happy and impressed with that, and how and and the whole element that 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 um, that Megatron has somebody to answer to also, and he's mm-hmm. not the supreme leader that you know we all we all thought he was. Um, that whole element I thought was 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 fascinating, and the whole mythology behind it. I and like I said, in 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 contrast, I felt like a lot of the scenes with the humans by themselves were just way too outrageous. The jokes just went way too far. Like the whole scene where she's where the mother is <laughs> with the pot brownies at the college. Yeah. That like was that little... was that was way overboard. I mean it was funny, but it was like it was something you'd see on like a crappy Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. Or and some I... bubblegum, you know, teeny yeah. bopper go to school movie. And I almost felt like I almost felt like it was it went too far. The jokes, like it was just so overboard that 
it almost it, I, and it's interesting. I, I almost felt like it cheapened the mm-hmm. seriousness of all the robot scenes. It was it was weird. It's like the first movie. I felt like the robot scenes cheapened the human scenes. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, I feel like the human scenes cheapened the robot scenes because I felt like all the robot scenes, like the scenes where, you know, Optimus Prime is dealing with the bureaucracy towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the scene with Starscream and Megatron, um, the scenes. Um, well, there's the big fight in the woods. And then yeah. after, which I love, I mean, that's, that's probably one of the best scenes in the movie because it was, you know, there's, aside from maybe the, che- the cheesy one-liners, there were some cheesy one-liners in there, mm-hmm. but I, fu- I thought the scene was pretty, was pretty well done. It's like, it was like, wow, it's a big action sequence. It's, you know, it's the cool thing you want to see. And then, um, and then, uh. And then, you know, the, I, I don't want to say it because it's a spoiler, but, you know, the results of that fight. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other the other robots dealing with that a little bit was I thought those were very little poignant scenes and and kind of the serious stuff that was happening with the military after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that was pretty good stuff. I mean, it was it was kind of dramatic. There was some dramatic tension. There was some interesting stuff going on. And I thought it could have been it didn't quite go as far as I think it could have been to be good. Yeah, but it was certainly um, it was certainly at um, um, it was at a it was at a place that was more serious than the first film, which I which I liked. I enjoyed that, um, and I felt like all the outrageous comedy really cheapened that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I maybe it's because there was so much going on, and I felt like I was being bounced back and forth between two different movies that I didn't have. It didn't sink in that it was such a long movie. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. But I mean, um, overall, I thought it was better than the first one. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I encourage people to go see it simply because it's such an epic, you know, action driven movie that, you know, you, you almost have to see it in the theater to really, to really experience you know, the epic Michael Bay CG. I mean, this is not a, you know, this is not an Oscar contender. It's not a, you know, this is a raw adrenaline, you know, this is basically, you strip out this, and it's funny because the story is in there. The story is about, you know, being away from home and adjusting to a new way of life. It's, you know, it's, it's being away from home and adjusting to a new way of life. And that's echoed both in Sam going to college and in the Autobots having to adjust to life on Earth. Unfortunately, it's completely buried underneath all the action and ridiculous comedy and um, and uh, and just, you know, outrageous special effects. And, and the comedy really got me. I just thought the comedy was way too overboard because yeah. I thought there were so many serious things going on in the movie that it didn't need to force laughs. There was a lot of situational stuff that was happening that was much more interesting than than some of those jokes. Um, and what's interesting is that I actually have a copy of the film that was re-edited by a fan. I have a copy of the original film of, of the first Transformers movie that was re-edited by a fan, and it actually is a much better movie. Really? Than, and I think it's the one that we watched, actually. Oh, really? I, it may have been. I don't remember if I had it at that point or not. 
but um but it's a it's a it's it's tweaked a little bit and they take out some stuff and it's interesting because there's um there's some stuff in the first movie that they took out that actually created more tension in some of the scenes mm-hmm. and it, the scenes work a lot better um so i'm interested to see and you know i may even try to do it myself if i can um is to is to you know you know maybe re-edit this movie down and take some of that outrage, outrageous humor out and try to you know try to whittle some of it back down to the core story because um, I thought the core story is good enough on its own with the action and, and sci-fi and you know the seriousness of of you know the 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 the, the robots and the fighting and the war and stuff that. You really didn't need that outrageous comedy in order for it to be a decent movie, um, and it would cut down on the length as well. Mm. Um, so that's my that's kind of my review. I don't know. Do you, do you agree with me a little bit on some of those points, or no? I, I do agree with you um, on, on some of those points. I mean, there it, there were definitely two movies going on here. We had the movie with with um, Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox, and and the things that they're going through, and then we had the 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 movie with the Autobots and Decepticons and the government and, um, and yeah it's like it was weird you know it was very weird and um, uh, there was just it was too much you know you go to see these movies for the action and the adventure um, and I agree that it was cheapened a little bit by by some of the forced comedy um, and and some of the just the weird you know situations they found themselves in um i i personally think that shia labeouf repeated everything that he did in the first movie which i didn't like in the first movie anyway about him <laughs> and it I, i'm getting to the point i've seen him in a couple movies now i haven't seen Indi- the new indiana jones movie yet um and primarily because he's in it um wow. i but, see uh, he I, the the few movies that I've seen him in though, um, and they're completely different movies too. We have Transformers, we had um, the the Rear Window remake. Uh, what was it called? Disturbia. Disturbia. Um, and he's just the same character in the same you know the same movies. He does the same stupid cheeky mugging to the camera. You know, it's the same personality, and I, I just I can't. I don't like it. There's nothing right about it. I don't know who he's blowing or who he's sleeping with. <laughs> To get these parts, but it's just he needs to stop. He needs to go away. <laughs> it's funny because I completely disagree with you on that. I huh. I I love Shia LaBeouf. I love everything he's in. I I could you could who was I talking about last week? You could put him in a chair, and he could just talk, and I would just watch him. Oh, who was that? I forget now. He must not have been that good. This week it's Shia LaBeouf. You put oh 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 it was Steve Zahn. All right, Steve Zahn. You could put Shia LaBeouf on camera. I don't care what the hell he's doing. He could be flossing, flossing his teeth for all I care. I would watch it because I love that guy. Oh. I, I don't know what it is. And maybe You're at giving some me point, hemorrhoids. I do. <laughs> Where are you applying Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> on my ass. Where he belongs. I, I, um, I definitely think that – and, you know, it may get old for me at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, I may look back, you know, six movies from now and say, wow, he really, you know, and I agree with you. He is a bit of the same, the same character in every movie, but man, I just love it. I can't stop watching him. Um, and as a fan, I thought the movie was awesome. Like, yeah. and I'm going to go see it again. I'm going to see it in IMAX. I'll probably see it, you know, two or three more times in the theaters. It's just, and for me, it's nothing short of just watching 
and mostly it's Optimus Prime. Watching Optimus Prime in real life doing the things that, you know, he did in the cartoon, just him being there and watching what could be a reality of him existing Mm -hmm. just brings me back to, you know, being four years old and watching it and being amazed by, you know, robots hiding as vehicles and transforming and, um, and that to me, I think is the, is what appeals to me the most, um, is, uh, is, is the fact that it's, you know, it just brings me back to my childhood because I was such a big Mm -hmm. fan. Um, and I thought the movie was awesome as a fan. I don't think it was too long at all. I wanted it to be longer. Um, I, uh, I, I did think the last battle sequence was a little weak, but um, it was a little too abrupt. It was abrupt, and it was it was a little over overly dramatic. It it, it kind of lost the rawness of battle. It was um, there was a, there was a lot of good. Well, let's let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about spoilers. So all right, I'm not even gonna introduce you. Will you just do the the thing that you do? One shall stand, one shall fall. Autobots, transform and roll out. Mr. Peter Cullen, thank you so much for speaking with us. You know, I mean, is it wild being here and seeing all of these people who basically idolize you? I mean, you are like it for them. Well, I really, I I do appreciate that. And I'm extremely grateful for, for the fan base. Without them, I don't think I would have ever got to do Opt- Optimus Prime again. Um, you know, I was uh, killed off in the movie. And, uh, <laughs> no. that, they're, they're Everyone went, cried. <laughs> that's when I understood, and I, I'm extremely grateful for uh, for the fan base. They uh, they are directly responsible for um, for getting me uh, back into my uh, steel suit. Okay, we're back. Um, so first off, Optimus Prime gets his ass kicked in this movie to the point of death, (laughs) which, um, which I loved the fact that they did that. And cause you went into the movie not knowing that that was going to happen. Right. Uh, I, right, right. I mean, I I knew what happened in the, the cartoon movie, but, um, Um, I didn't think that was going to happen. I went into the movie knowing that that was going to happen, and that pissed me off because I didn't. I would have. I would have much more enjoyed the ride knowing that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of that moment? I mean, obviously, you were probably thinking to yourself, "Oh, they'll find a way to bring him back." Exactly. But I mean, I thought it was pretty well done. I thought that fight scene in the woods was incredible. I think the fight scene was good, um, and um, I thought that was the but, best but... fight scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I, I yeah. No, yeah, I guess you're right. No, it was the best fight scene in the movie when you put everything in perspective. Um No, I thought it was I thought the I thought the fight scene was that fight scene in particular was good. Um and killing Optimus Prime was was an, a good move. It was a it was it was unexpected, but at the same time it wasn't surprising. Um yeah. So I mean I, I like pers- on a personal level I wasn't like oh my god Optimus Prime just died boo hoo right. because I figured they'd find a way to bring him back yeah. in the end and it was more like it was more like oh my god what the hell just happened 
Right, 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 right. Um, um, the uh, and then at the end with the um, again with the relationship of Megatron and Starscream, and I loved at the end when. Oh, what did you think of the whole mythology? Like the whole the thing about the you know the the early Transformers coming to Earth and the Primes and the and the Fallen and all that stuff. I thought the the mythology behind it was kind of cool. I thought it was a little lame that they made this this um, stealth bomber uh, transformer walking around with a with a cane to 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 make it look like he's an old ancient robot. It's like okay, first of all, it's a robot. Why would it be walking with a cane? I mean, that's he's just, rusted. He's rusted. What? What I didn't understand was he's an SR seventy one Blackbird. Which only has been in existence for the last what forty years? Yeah, and this guy like was like he doesn't remember things that happened, you know, a hundred years ago or whatever. It was weird. Right, right. And why isn't he a Model T Ford? You know, why is he a why is he a, a stealth? You know, I, I don't know. I thought I thought I thought that was a little stupid. Um, but the mythology and the story behind the primes and and how they got to Earth and protecting the uh, the the key to the thing and. That was kind of cool. Pretty much, if you took all the 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 stuff between Shia LaBeouf and going to college and that relation, those relationships there, and just made a movie about the Transformers, yeah, then I'd probably be interested in it. Which is, um, which you can argue that that's what the movie should be. It it should be. It should be. And if you cut that the whole hour of bullshit between the humans and and just did a story about the Transformers and made it focused on them, it would probably I would have probably found it a little more entertaining. But, uh, you know, my personal grievances against Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf you know. No, that's fair. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. he's, 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 unfortunately, I think he's turning into a little bit of Ben Affleck. And the fact mm-hmm. that he's the same guy in every movie. And people either love him or they hate him. And there's almost no middle ground. No, there, there And it's isn't. a shame because I really, I really like him. I think he's, um, you know, I mean, I think he's entertaining. I wouldn't, I don't know as he's, I think comically he's, he's. Well, see, the more you say it, like, you know, I think in this movie he was a little overboard in some scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he jumps into action movies and does real well, I feel. Um, he's believable. He, um, it's just the personality that he brings to a character is is, is not not what I like. Yeah. I mean, he, he obviously can run and jump yeah. and survive an explosion and obviously uh, shrapnel to the eye. Um, which is fine, but I, I feel that he, if, if I was a producer, um, I would, I would, or an agent or his agent or something like that, I would, I would suit him more to the teeny, the teeny flicks, you know, like Mean Girls and those kinds of movies where he, he plays, you know, the, you the know, heart or something. He came from, he came from Disney. He came from a Disney oh channel Oh my show. God, it makes all sense now. It all come together. <laughs> Now I understand. <laughs> He's one of them. When Sarah, when Sarah watches, he, he, she's like, I can't get it out of my head that he's, you know, he'll always be that that dude from whatever show he was on. I forget what show he was on, but, um, but um, I don't know. I, you know, I understand what you're saying, and I can see yeah. it. I just it it hasn't quite hit me yet, and I, I have a feeling that if it's the same, you know, I mean, if he's. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. 
we'll, we'll revisit it in later podcasts and see if my opinion of Shia LaBeouf changes. <laughs> um, the um, the action sequence at the end when what did you think of Devastator of the giant robot? You know what? Devastator was um, and the constructor the constructor bots constructor cons um, were were <laughs> I I you know I I liked them as a toy back in the day. Yeah. You know they were all they were all green back then, right? Or were they yellow? Um, well, they, there were a couple of different versions, but they—I believe they—they they, they were green in the cartoon. They were green and purple yeah. in the cartoon. I, I I liked that, and that was a nice surprise to to see to see them show up. And it, as soon as they were in a construction site, and I had no idea that this was that yeah. this was part of the movie, I was like, "Yes, that's the only thing I got excited about." Okay, cool. But then, well, but, but then they put it to then it, like you know it became Devastator, and. Um, it was a new take on Devastator, yeah. you know, with the gigantic, you know, mouth that's sucking up everything and yeah. spinning it out its rear and stuff. I mean, it was, that was kind of cool. That's like that's like the one thing I got excited about. Um, well, I'm but, glad you got the, excited about something. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the one thing. Um, but the but the la the last battle sequence I thought was a little was a little rough, you know. Um, it it could have been bigger. Um, it should have been bigger. It could have been a little longer. It should have been um, longer. And to be honest with you, I wasn't I wasn't so vested enough in it that I don't even remember how it ended. <laughs> like I can't I can I can see them climbing up the uh, the pyramid, and they're busting down the top of the pyramid to reveal the 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 laser beam. Yeah. And I don't remember how it ends. Well, what was well the um, John Turturro's character calls the the battleship and they shoot that beam thing to destroy right. devastator. Right. Um, what I, my problems with the end scene were I, one thing I really liked about the end scene was I loved the tension while, um, while, uh, Sam and Michaela were hiding. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really nice tension. The tension, like they're, uh, they're, they're in the house. They're in that little house, the little hut there and they're hiding yeah. and, and, um, and, you know, you go outside the building and there's all these, you know, these all these Decepticons wandering around looking for them. Mm -hmm. And they're inside hiding. And then the little Insecticon comes in. And, oh, and, yeah. Um, I thought I thought there was some great tension there. And I wish that it but then it like all just exploded into this massive orgy of sand. Yeah. Right. And um, and I I had a problem with the f I mean I love the fact that it was I love the fact that it was at the pyramids and the whole mm. how they incorporated that into the mythology of the story but I I I felt like it was lacking because there was so much open space and sand there was nothing hard you know right. like in the first movie it was in a city and so like when when Prime and and Megatron were fighting they were throwing each other up against buildings and shit I right mean, right that is badass yeah that was you cool. know um so it was um, so I and, and again, it was like there were too many things going on. You had the fight between, you know, souped up prime mm -hmm. and the fallen and Megatron and Starscream. And then you had the, the whole Devastator thing mm -hmm. happening at the same time. And you were bounced back and forth that you really I felt like I wasn't satisfied on either side. Right. Oh, and yeah. then to top it all off, you have Kevin Dunn and Julie White showing back up in the middle of Egypt as hostages. Yeah. Um, the Ron and uh, uh, Ron and Judy, Judy Witwicky. Witwicky. And um, I thought that was a little 
that whole that whole how they got there and the whole kidnapping of them was kind of a little over the top as well. I liked I liked what I liked what um I like what that brought to it though because of the whole cuz there's again it goes back to this story the the whole adjusting to life and going away from home when you know Ron's like no no we go together we go together and 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 he's like you got to let me go dad you got to let me go mm-hmm. and it was like cuz that's kind of I mean in a in a in a in a forced and stranged way I mean that was a metaphor for yeah right. You know, for the for the you know letting him go. And so I felt like it was kind of in reverse though, because earlier in the movie, Ron was like, "Yeah, get out of here, you know, go and go to college." And the mother was having the problem, right. and then here it was the dad. I so it didn't. I mean, it was great what they were trying to do, and I loved that little moment mm-hmm. because it brought a little bit of the story back to me. But it was, I mean, you know, it was too little, too late, and it was just kind of weird, um, and. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was it, it was it was a surprise. I was like, oh, oh no, you know. It was um, I don't know. It was. I felt like it didn't add any. Again, it didn't add any. It didn't add any. Like I think it would have been more interesting if maybe they stayed hostages more. Yeah, you know, we it got felt to see like that. it felt like they they shot. You know, they that that truck puked them out, and then um, and then they just like escaped. They just ran mm-hmm. away. Right, and it would have been more interesting if they had shown that they have them, and then put them in danger, and so then it would have given more of a conflict for Sam. That on one hand he's got to go, he's got to go rescue Optimus Prime, and on the other hand he's got to go rescue his parents. And what does he choose to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that's more like that's more interesting of a of a of an event than than just having them all running around together. You know, right? Um, but um. Um, the, and the, yeah, so the end was just a little, a little, a little weak. Um, I, I did like a little, I, again, you know, once, once Prime went down earlier in the movie and the, the Autobots were kind of talking amongst themselves, they were talking about whether they should leave or not. I mean, there's a brief scene. I, you know, that's the kind of interesting stuff that I wanted to see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you know, maybe it would have been better if it was more of a robot story than you know, than the human story. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, apparently, uh, another bit of trivia is apparently um, they shot most of the action sequences in IMAX, the high, the higher resolution mm-hmm. IMAX. So apparently, it took five days for one ILM computer to render one frame. Holy shit! Oh, and it gets worse. They left it. They left. They left the film rendering overnight. Uh-huh. And when they came in the next day, uh, somebody's computer was fried in the inside, like melted, because really? it worked. It was working so hard to render the 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 shots of the movie. Jesus Christ! Yeah. And it's something like Holy if you wanted shit. to render if you wanted to render this film on a on a home PC, mm-hmm. it would take you sixteen thousand years. <laughs> If you wanted to render this movie on a PC, you would have to start rendering it when when cavemen were drawing on caves. That's amazing. Yeah. I wonder what what the specs are on the computers that they're using. They're just ginormously 
Mm-hmm. I mean, powerful. It's crazy. Yeah, sounds like it. I mean, they have like supercomputers in there. Yeah, right. Um, all right. Well, let's. Um, any, any other, any other thoughts on the movie? To be honest with you, I, I wouldn't. I mean, this is my opinion. I, um, I wouldn't waste twelve dollars going to see it in the theater. I'd wait till it comes out on HBO, uh, or Netflix.com. Netflix.com. Um, Netflix.com. Um, it was, it was, it was. I personally felt it was too long. If they if they edited it out all the uh, the human storyline and just kept it a, a a Transformers movie, true to the series and the uh, you know the original movie, um, it would have been better. But uh, that's that's uh, that's my vote. Wait till it comes out on video. Um, don't go see it if you're expecting a challenging movie. Um, it's not. It's a fun, raw adrenaline action explosion you know, ridiculous comedy movie all rolled into one. Um, you know, I, you know, I, you know, see it on a matinee if you go see it. Um, or go see, I mean, you know what, just go see it. Just go, I mean, I, I would recommend seeing it if you're, if you, you know, if you're not expecting it to be an amazing, thought-provoking film, um, go see it. Um, by the way, it made... It made two hundred and one million dollars in the first five days. It's the oh, biggest. It's the worst blockbuster ever made. <laughs> it, they 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 said it's the worst reviewed movie ever to make this much money that quickly. Of in course. fact, it it was it was one and a half million dollars away from tying the record of a five day opening, which was The Dark Knight from last year. Really? Yeah, it's the second highest grossing uh, film. For a five-day opening ever. Wow. I mean, when I went to go see it, the line, I was in line, and the line stretched from inside the theater at the concession area <laughs> all the way out down the sidewalk, and it went down around the other side of the building. I There was a theater in Manhattan somewhere that the police closed down for a midnight showing, the Wednesday, mm-hmm. like Wednesday at 12 a.m. Oh, yeah. They closed it down because the crowd got out of hand. Oh, I can imagine. So. I can imagine. It was ridiculous. And and like and like I went to the seat on this at the uh, Staten Island um, United Artists mm-hmm. up on Forest Avenue. And um, is that the one by even Kmart? there? No, that's the one across from Home Depot. Oh wait, is that oh the one we that's went where to we saw when up. we saw up. up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, you know, we thought it was going to be you know we went to go see it on on Wednesday night, yeah, uh, opening night, uh. And they had a 9.50 show and a 9.51 show, which is just odd. And, um, yeah, the line was no, literally No, you know like what that half- is? It's, it's they use one print on two projectors. Really? Yeah, that's what that is. When you see a time like that, it means they only have one print, but they run it through two projectors at the same time. And wow. so it's like 60-second delay. Interesting. Yeah, that's what that is. I did not know that. Yeah. A little bit of trivia there for you. Yeah. Ah, check yeah. it out. And speaking of trivia, do you want to do want to move on to our little uh, question and answer session? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get back to it. In the world of the Decepticons, nothing is what it seems. We fight and struck a con. The robots that transform into one mechanical giant. Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers, 
So we're going to do some trivia now. You ready for this? I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to give me the answer. And then you'll ask me a question, and then I'll give you an answer. Is that how this works? That's how it works. Now, there's no cheating. No cheating. You cannot have have Internet Movie Database open or uh, actually any Internet browser. Close it right now. Okay. All right. Okay. We we got a question in the email. This comes from, yes, this comes from Dr. Nick (laughs) in Texas. I don't think he's a real doctor. I don't think so either, unless it, uh, uh, no, I don't think so, because his email address is like freaky, mofo. Isn't freaky matrix gynecologist or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. matrix. He says, I, "Hey guy, I don't know if he'd appreciate us giving his email address for the <laughs> podcast." Sorry, Doctor Nick. He says, "Hey guys, Doctor Nick here, writing from the Lone Star State." So see, I was right. It was oh, Texas. Oh, Texas. He says, I was listening to the last podcast and heard the challenge for difficult movie trivia. <laughs> difficult movie <laughs> trivia. He's already stumped Tony. <laughs> so here goes. The question is, Tony Cox, this is for you. Okay. And you swear on, 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 on your life that you did not read this email. No. I, well, I read the question, but I did, not, um, I did not read the answer, and I did not research the answer. Okay. And I've narrowed... Go ahead and ask the question. What horror movie writer-director was a production assistant on Pee-wee's Playhouse? Okay. I've narrowed it down to two individuals. Mm-hmm. This isn't my answer, but I'm going to name those two individuals. Okay. And then I'll give you my answer. Okay. I'm thinking it's either Wes Craven or Sam Raimi. And I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say I'm going to say it's Sam Raimi. You know, it's funny you say that because he's the one I thought it was too, but it's actually Rob Zombie. No way. Yep, and the source, uh Dr. Nick because he's a doctor, oh. did his due diligence and gave us a source. It's a Rolling Stone magazine from about three years ago that was discussing a possible Pee-wee's Playhouse reunion. And Rob Zombie was, was, was approached about being part of that reunion. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Wow. See, there's proof right there. I didn't cheat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Good job. Good job. Wow. Yeah. So now, now we know. Rob Zombie was a PA on Pee Wee's Playhouse. That is that is crazy. Well, Nick, yeah. Doctor Nick, you stumped me. Good job, Doctor Nick. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. All right, now I'm going to stump you. Great. Okay. Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtman, as a writing team, have crafted such blockbuster movies as Mission Impossible Three, The Legend of Zorro, mm-hmm. Star Trek, the new mm-hmm. Star Trek, mm-hmm. and Transformers One and Two. What was their first television show that they were regular writers on? What were their names again? Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. Do, 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 do. 
You know what? For some reason, my gut, like the first thing that came to my head was married with children. But that's my final answer. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> um, they, they've actually had a long history with J.J. Abrams. Oh, really? They were writers on Alias. Okay. But that was not their first show. All right. The first show that they were regular writers on was actually Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Oh, dear Lord. And But they were apparently writing assistants on Xena, Warrior Princess. Oh really? And I think they I think they wrote a spec I think they wrote a spec script or they wrote um a script for Xena and then that got them hired to work on Hercules on a regular basis. Um and they so they wrote on that and then they went on to write for the show Jack of All Trades starring Bruce Campbell. Do you remember that show? No, I don't. Oh, it's a great show. It's it's about the first CIA agent. Um, during the Revolutionary War, or just after the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. and it's uh, and it's um, it's on Hulu, I think. I think it's on Hulu. You can watch it on Hulu. You should check it out. Okay. But it's Bruce Campbell. It was a USA TV show. Oh, all right, um, all right. And it was uh, Bruce Campbell plays this this CIA agent from the Revolutionary War. It's awesome. Or during the colonial times, it's crazy. It's awesome. Um, they wrote for that show, and then they. <clears throat> And then they got hired to work on Alias with J.J. Abrams. So very interesting. Um, and that's where their long history um, of working with J.J. started. Do they do anything on Lost? No, no. But they do Fringe with yeah, J.J. Okay. So, and which is exciting because J.J. Abrams is actually coming back to write and direct some of the second season episodes of Fringe. So. Oh really? Good, for yeah. good, good, good. All right, my next question for you. Okay. Um, this is one that I came up with. Or found. What was the first movie for which the cost of obtaining rights to the soundtrack outweighed the entire production cost? Do I know this movie? Of course you do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time? The first movie, yep, for which... The cost of obtaining rights to the soundtrack outweighed the entire production costs. Oh, God. I've got like 17 movies in my head Um, as answers. (laughs) I'm not just (laughs) randomly thinking of 17 movies. Um, Oh, my gosh. Um... Want to give, if I if I give you a hint to a future question of mine, will you give me a hint to this one? <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you tell me um, what time period this movie was made in? Um, it was made in the nineties. It's made in the nineties. Oh, yeah. God, so many movies were made in the nineties. All right, I'm just going to guess. I'm going to say... Oh, God. Is it... 
All right, I'm going to give you my answer, but just tell me if it's wrong or not. I just want to keep guessing until I get it. Okay. All right. All right. Is it Blair Witch? That is incorrect. Is it El Mariachi? That is incorrect. Is it Boogie Nights? That is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Is it... um, Is it... Oh, God, I'm running out of guesses. Is it Forrest Gump? That is incorrect. But that is a good guess. Uh, Is it um, Detroit Rock City? That is incorrect. Jesus. Is it... um... I like how you're holding up how many how many how many times I've gotten it wrong. It's five times if anybody's counting. It's because Tony is. Um, is it? Uh, oh Jesus! Is it? Um, good in the nineties. Is it Moulin Rouge? That is incorrect. What is it? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, this wait a minute, movie? wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it, is it Transformers the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. That was made in the 80s. That was made in the 80s. All right, well, what is it? This movie only cost $26,800 to make. Oh, it's Clerks, isn't it? Yes, it is. Damn it. <laughs> As soon as the, you told me the, how much it cost to make, I knew exactly what movie it was. The the the, the rights to the music was twenty seven thousand dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Man, okay, so we're 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 two for two so far. All right, so you can cash in a hint on a future question. All right, which may which will probably be this question. All right. Um, Shia LaBeouf's breakout film was The Battle of Shaker Heights. Have you seen it? Oh. No. Okay. It was directed by the indie directing duo team of Ephraim Patelli and Kyle Rankin as the second uh, as the second production from the Project Greenlight TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you catch all that? I got it. Yeah. Okay. What city was um, Ephraim and Kyle's production company, Newborn Pictures, founded in? And where it currently resides. <laughs> and feel free to ask for a hint. Is it is it is it Cambridge, Massachusetts? It is not. What is it? You don't want a hint. Is it? Uh, no, because I feel like the last one is going to be like the bitch of a question to ask. No, this one's harder than the last one. Really? Yeah. All right, give me a hint. Um, do you want? I asked you for. I asked oh, you yeah. for a hint, so you can ask me. What city? Um, what city? What What region of the country is it in? Um, I'll give you two hints. It's in the northeast region. Okay. And you have to drive through it if you're going from your house to my house. And I'm is closer. Is it Worcester, Mass? No, I'm closer is... to it than you are. Oh, you are. Yeah, I'm very close to it. <laughs> is it? Is it Portland, Maine? It is Portland, Maine. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. There, I know people who know these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it had to be somewhere in New England because you know, 
Affleck and Damon are from. Um, yeah, that was all. Oh, you know, yeah. that's a good guess, though. I didn't realize that's why you guessed Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's why I guessed Cambridge. Nope, it's um, from, they're from Portland. They Where won the they? they won the contest to direct the film. So yeah, very nice. All right. Okay. I have a name the movie question. Okay. I'm gonna give you five actors. Oh, one of you... these. Okay. Yes. You're usually pretty good at these, though. I am. This one's a toughie, though. This is this is the round five question. Oh my god, round five. Jeez. All right. Name the movie. Okay. Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Parker Posey. Yeah. And Steve Martin. Jesus Christ. Tough one, isn't it? I'm trying to think of a movie that Steve Martin and Adam Sandler were in together. If you'd like, I will give you a hint. <sighs> Madeline Kahn. Juliette Lewis. Adam Sandler. Steve Martin. Who's the other one? Um, Adam Sandler. Give me give me the list again. Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Juliette Lewis. Uh-huh. Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Parker Posey. Parker Posey. And Steve Martin. I'll give you two hints. <laughs> Am I that bad? <laughs> it's it's, um, t- it's going to be a tough one. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't give me any hints yet. Okay. Um, Juliet Lewis. Did you leave out like the stars of the film? Um, no, no, those are the stars of the show. Okay. Uh, I mean, there are more actors in it. I mean, named actors in it. Right. Um, but but these are these are probably the bigger ones. Okay. Like that are in it the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good God Almighty. All right, give me a hint. Give me one hint. Um, do you, do you want to ask ask me a question and I'll answer it for you, or or do you want to just throw something at you? No, just throw something at me. Okay. It was made in 1994, and it was directed by Nora Ephron. And it also has. I'm going to give you two more actors. Okay. Liev Schreiber. And John Stewart. Jesus Christ. John Stewart's been in like four films. How can I not know this? <laughs> <clears throat> and directed by Nora Ephron? Yep. 
I don't think I've seen this movie. Really? Yeah. It's a good it's a good movie. It's funny. I think you might like it actually. I think I I think I can kind of see the box or the poster, but I can't Oh my gosh. I know I I know the movie, but I don't know the name of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know what movie it is. I just don't know the name of it. I remember this now. Um Oh god. Oh, I can see a scene from it too. And I and I know I haven't seen the movie, but I know what movie it is. I just don't know the name of it. Cuz I describe the scene. I, I don't something in a living room with Steve Martin and um Oh god. I remember I was watching um I was watching a director special on Nora Ephron, and I remember, oh God, and I remember them talking about um, it was an earlier role for Adam Sandler, I think. And yes, it was actually. And it was like he had a he had a, a relatively small part, but it was him in a. God damn it! Oh God. <laughs> you, give, you want another hint? Give me one more hint. This is painful. Um, let me look up the trivia for this movie. Oh, Maybe that'll help. God. Oh. Um. Oh. 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 Um. Oh God. Does it have something to do with Christmas? It does. Oh God! I know the movie. Jesus. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you. Okay. The hint is it has an edible title. (sighs) Yeah, I know what it is. I just don't know the name of the movie. You want to know the answer? Is it mixed nuts? Yes. Ah, it is. You have that. You own that movie, don't you? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Oh God. Man. Damn that. That took a while. That was painful, man. <laughs> oh. My ego is bruised. I'm. I'm sorry. I, I could see the smoke coming out from under your uh, headphones there. Man. Oh. <laughs> I remember watching a special on. Uh, uh, on Nora Ephron and talking about that movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. Wow. I'll have to watch it. It's a good movie. It's a, it's a funny movie. It's a good Christmas movie. He's such a bastard. <sighs> that that's for the that's for the last time when I got none of your questions right. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, you're over right. you're over for two in this this time. Well, you guessed Portland, but well, with as many hints as, as you gave me. <clears throat> All right. Here's the, here's the last question. All right. This is a relatively easy one. Megan Fox. Uh-huh. <laughs> Megan Fox has a tattoo of a famous celebrity on her arm. Who is it? Oh, yeah. It's Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. I told you the last one would be that easy. Was, yeah, I, compared I'm glad to the I, other ones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All 
Okay, so that was it. I think next time we need to we need to play by the rules and not give each other hints next time. This was this was good though. This was a good oh, one. Oh man. That was All right, so. my head my head is is aching. <laughs> I need a cookie. You need a cookie. Well, well wait cuz I have to go pee. So let's wrap this up. Um okay. final thought. Oh, you're such a dickhead. <laughs> okay, so final thoughts. Tony has a thing um, about me eating. He doesn't like it. Oh, it, it, it nothing gives me road rage more than sitting next to Tony while he's eating. <laughs> <laughs> nothing gives him rocky road rage more than me, the sound of me chewing. Oh, Jesus. Um, when you when you put on your my Facebook profile that you had tried oysters for the first time, I just got the most disgusting image in my head of you slurping those things down out of their shells and I wanted to like bang my head up against the wall. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. I love you, Tony. You know that. Anyway, so final thoughts. Transformers, um, I give it like one and a half star, maybe two stars. Um, you know, check it out if you're a glutton for, for you know, clock gobbling. And um, Let me put it this and, way. Uh, if you want to be able to talk to your friends at work about what they did over the weekend, go watch the movie. <laughs> Everybody else on... in the world is watching it. If you want to be cool... Do what they do. Or or be your own person and just go watch something better. Anyway, um, send us your questions, comments, trivia questions. We're, we're more than happy to discuss them on the air. Um, two Tones at StarvingTalent.com. That's T-W-O-T-O-N-E-S at StarvingTalent.com. We've had a good time today. I hope you did, too. I'm Tony Pizzuto. I'm Tony Cox. And that's a wrap-up.